So, this fight card we've got coming up just this weekend at UFC Vegas 23. First up, Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland. So, out of these two, who do I think is going to have the upper hand? Well, I think just for the mere fact that they can keep their mouth shut whilst they're doing what they need to do and whilst they're doing what they're doing and they want to win, I'm going to go with uh, Marvin Vittori. Um, he has very good stand-up, puts pressure on his opponent, doesn't give them give them any room at all when he's attacking when he's a fighting in the cage there he's a quick um, sharp striker and i'm just looking at his last fight which i saw back at ufc vegas 16 when he was fighting fighting up against fighting against jack hermanson and his grand game was good he controlled his opponent and you know he won by by unanimous decision um yeah kevin holland okay fine he's not not say that he's um a lousy lousy fighter or anything like that but um, in his last fight, Derek Bronson at UFC Vegas twenty two, you know, um, you know, every, it, I just can't understand someone who talks and has to talk while they're fighting. And then um, Dana White came out making an excuse that um, the reason why he was talking for the whole fight was because he had a mental breakdown, which was complete bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Excuse my French, but um, you know, just for the mere fact that he loves to talk during his fights, I mean. Okay, fine. He had like a winning streak leading up, leading up to his um, past fight, but I think this um, last fight where he should have set in stone for him, it should have set some red flags going on, going off in his mind that there's something here I need to change. Even even if it's something minor, I need to work. But even if it's something minor, the fact that I've lost the, my last match, and okay, granted, it's given he can't win them all, but um, you know, just I go back to the main point I was making it. The, the fact that he, the facts that he talks during his matches during his fights really there's no need for that at all I get that some fights, fights and I've seen them like Conor McGregor and uh, is it Nate Diaz Diaz brothers when they're fighting their opponents they do say certain things to their opponents especially if they're fighting someone who they don't like uh, you know like Nate Diaz is known and his brother they're both known for saying stocks and motherfucker stocks and motherfucker while whilst we're attacking their opponent okay that, that like that's I can understand but Kevin Holland takes it to another level by he's talking to his opponent, just t- running his mouth to his opponent, and then like we saw in the last fight when he was, um when he was fighting at UFC uh, Vegas, UFC Vegas twenty two, he was um still talking to um Khabib Nurmagomedov who came to watch the ma- watch the match, watch the fight, and was sitting stage um not stage cage side the next day in white, and was calling the whole thing on his phone, so. For me, the point I'm making is that that just isn't necessary. Concentrate all of your energy, your physical energy, and your mental energy, your mental strength on winning the fight. Because really, at the end of the day, that's about that's that is the bottom line. You know, that is what this the whole thing is about. You've got to put put all of your efforts, your mental, both physical and more important, your mental effort, your mental energy into winning the fight. You know. So for me, for the main event for the UFC Vegas 23, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Marvin Notori. Um Kevin Holland, I'm not saying he's bad. He's got um, he himself um, has some good good ground. I mean, good ground. I mean, he has a long reach, uh, which I checked was about 81 inches. Uh, so, I'm watching him in the match, in watching him in the cage there when he's fighting against an opponent, you can see he does have a, a long reach when he's throwing his strikes. So, I mean, okay, it could be close, but I think I'm going to give this to Marvin Vittori because. He looks like a well-rounded, uh, well-rounded fighter, and you know he um, he's quite and in the cage. That I know he will just concentrate on winning 
the match. Uh, he'll concentrate all his mental strength, his physical strength on beating his opponent, on beating Kevin Holland. And I'm not going to go into it, but I think Kevin Holland was a was actually on this fight card to replace someone, which who I can't figure off the top of my head um, who that was. But at the end of the day, you know, I see Marvin Vittori taking the win away from this. So up next, got Arnold Allen versus Sodik Yusuf. Now these two guys, admittedly, for the co-main event, um, I haven't heard of them. Either one of them. So, um, do, 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 do. Arnold, um, Arnold Allen. Now the last one he had, which was against Nick Letts at UFC, um, UFC Fight Night One Sixty Six. Now look, they had good stand-up. Um, he puts. He's like one of those guys that closes the gap between his um, himself and his opponent. Puts pressure on his opponent whilst attacking them, but he seems quite calm, patient, and calculated, collected when when he's um, launching and launch, launching an attack on his um, on his opponent, and he can move pretty well. His opponent Sodic, checking out his last fight UFC two forty six, um, he keeps close to his opponent, puts pressure on them, which is more like he will be doesn't give them any room to move around. He's not very evasive at all. His ground game seems good. He looks like he can control his opponent pretty well whilst he has him on the ground. Uh, but out of the two of these guys, I'd say that Yusuf, I do see Yusuf as um, as a more well-rounded fighter. And I think for Arnold, I think from what I saw in his last fight, his stand-up looks, a bit, looks like it was one of his main strengths in uh, when he's in, in the cage there fighting his opponent. Um, for me, and I've said this in my past, past podcast, Many people don't agree with me, but this is my own opinion. I'm still learning so much about this game. Um, if your ground game is really good, if, the, if your ground game, if you're wrestling, you're grappling, uh, your clinch game, if if all the more much more physical aspects of the sport, if you excel more in those areas, then it's my own personal belief that you know you do have um, a better advantage at winning, you know, at, at beating your opponent because that's a lot harder to do. And of course, if your opponent isn't so good in those areas, if they find find themselves in that situation and their wrestling isn't so great, if their jiu-jitsu is not so great, then of course you know you've got the upper hand. And it's easier to um to um have a win that way. So in this case, I potentially I do see um the win going to Sodic Yusuf. I hope this is loud enough to to to, your, to Sodic Yusuf. Okay, moving on. Of Sam Alvey versus. Dalin uh, no let me correct that just let me read my notes wrong moving on Sal, Sam Alvey versus Julian uh, Marquez now duh, duh, duh. Sam Alvey some of these guys the guys I'm about to read off apart from the last fight uh, on this main card I've not really heard any of their names so I just really go back and do my research and to just to find out what their level of fighting is their nature of fighting is and what their style of fighting is you know whether whether if they if they even entertaining to watch, so Sam Alfie his last fight which was against um Dan Jung Dan Jung Dan Jung of at UFC two fifty four. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly. Um, now his stand up seemed um seemed okay. Um, but I'm not sure if I could say it was great. Uh, when we compared someone like Ben Askren in terms of stand up, say like uh, in terms of striking, yeah, it was better than that. But I wouldn't say it's, I wouldn't say it's like um, Conor McGregor level. Um, 
and he seems like quite an evasive fighter. Um, it doesn't put it doesn't seem to be so person that closes in on their opponent, puts pressure on their opponent to get their opponent to react, to retaliate, to attack back. Um, he does seem like a sort of um, fighter that does have quite a strong chin and can take quite a lot of physical abuse and quite a few shots without um gassing out or um falling down. Now his opponent Julian Marquez, um, he his last fight was against uh, Maki Pitolo at UFC two fifty eight. Uh, his grappling seems good. Uh, his striking is, seems much more precise. And yeah, his ground game uh, was, um, from what I could see from that last fight, because only most of the time people do have the opinion, the assumption that you're only as good as you are based on your last fight, based on your performance in your last fight. So, looking at these two guys, I think it would be no. I don't think it's going to be close as such. Well, it's not. It could be close. I mean. The other guy, of course, because each opponent will always go and look at, go and assess the um, what their future opponent's fighting size like, uh, their um, their strengths, their weaknesses, and they've got to uh, basically condition their own um, craft to make sure it suits it, it suits them and gives them the ad- the advantage as much as, as much as possible when then the octagon they're um, fighting and with the opponent, of course, give them the upper hand as much as possible to win. Uh, so. You know, for me, I'd have to say uh, my money would be I would place my money on um, Julian Marquez to um, to win this fight. It could be close. I don't know because um, again, I made I've have, I have made some bets and some fights in the past before, and uh, saying that no, this person's going to win. There's no way that this person can lose. They're definitely going to win. Lo and behold, fight day or fight night comes around the corner, and yeah, I'm eating my words humbly. <laughs> really really humbly so um anything happen, could happen but if i was if i was uh made to p- place money on this uh fight i'd say it'll go to julian marquez so up next we have the two female athletes that'll be fighting now i've not seen for nina um and also i mean i've not seen the um her opponent mackenzie dern um but I think this is going to be her UFC debut, so I mean I even checked the UFC fight pass and there's no records for for her, so um this is gonna be her first fight. Um I looked all across YouTube and I couldn't find any proper footage of any past fights that she's had to give like a proper to give a proper proper assumption or proper, you know, prediction, my own personal opinion about who's gonna take the win away from this fight. So, um but knowing her opponent Nina and Ansaroff, uh, where she fought Tashiana Serrares at UFC 238 a few years back. Uh, she can defend herself really well in a takedown. Um, in a clinch, she's really good at defending herself. And her stand-up, her stand-up seems pretty good as well. Uh, so I think that in her own corner, she has quite a lot going for her. But in terms of how well she performed against her opponent, um, Mackenzie Dern, I'm not so sure. So I couldn't really say who would take the win away from this. I mean, if and Saraf was was to take the win away from this. Wouldn't be surprised. She has a lot of good attributes in her corner. So um, I just have to wait and see. I, would, I wouldn't want to give um, an assumption on this, uh, my opinion on this, and look pretty foolish because the other lady, um, it's her first time fighting the UFC. So um, I don't think I can give a proper opinion. Not just yet, not just yet anyway. Until she fights again. Hopefully she wins this fight. Up next we've got. Mike Perry versus Daniel Rodriguez. So, 
Mike Perry, I think the last fight that he had, um, which was at UFC 255, he missed weight, and I don't know by um, how badly he missed weight, by, but um, yeah, um, that wasn't really good. Um, but overall, um, when he fought Tim Means, his ground game seemed pretty good. He's good at um, his takedowns. His stamina's were really good. And this guy, from what I could see when he's fighting Means, has <laughs> a strong, as, and I'm going to use a term that I just learned the other day from Charlie, he has a granite, a granite or granite chin, <clears throat> a really tough chin. Because I, I, in the fight, I could see means of just um, uh, at certain points just sending out shots to, towards the guy's face, and he didn't, he didn't even move, didn't even budge. So um, you know, but on the flip side, when uh, Perry just um, dishes out his own shots, they come heavy and fast. So he does have quite a few um, things working for him in his corner that he has he can use to to his advantage. Uh, his opponent Rodriguez. His last fight, which which was at UFC two fifty five, against Nicholas Dolby, stand up seemed pretty decent. Um, but overall, how good would that? How well would I say that would match up against um, Mike Perry? <clears throat> Probably. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, Mike Perry looks just if just if you're putting these two guys side by side. Uh, Mike Perry looks like the looks like the guy that could take would take the win away from this fight. Um, I was watching um, Dolby striking just compared to um, Perry striking um, at the same event. Um, Dolby striking looks a bit more on the shoddy, sloppy side, a sloppy side. Perry striking seemed heavy and a lot more precise. And Perry does seem to have the sort of physique and athleticism that would help him with the takedowns. So I think out of those two, um, Perry, more than likely, I see him winning that fight. And I think for once I can say, yeah, I can see Perry definitely winning that fight. I'm not going to say it's going to be close. Yes, Mike Perry definitely will be taking this fight, taking the win away from this fight. So moving on, I want to talk about the John Jones situation. Um, I wrote some notes about this somewhere. <clears throat> um. So in the last podcast that I did, I did um, mention, and I, I think when I did that, it was a bit. Um, uh, I hadn't done, I hadn't done some, I hadn't talked about the, about the situation without doing any proper research into the matter. Um, if I was to put everything aside, even the, the steroids, is because the one reason why I always used to like dislike um, John Jones when he, whenever he used to ask for something, like, say in this case, where why he was asking for fifty million dollars to. Um, to agree to fight Francis and Garnier. Yes, it would be a massive, massive event. Just imagine that the number of pay per views would be through the roof, and you know it could be the biggest pay per view event in MMA history, if not um, MMA history, then at least UFC history. Excuse, I just keep getting so tongue tied and tongue twisted. Just has to wet my throat a little bit. Um, so, but I was, I was having a conversation with, um, another um, kickboxing coach and as well as doing my own research on the mass of, of steroids in mixed martial arts. And I have to say that no matter what you're told, um, by all the athletes in the sports, uh, in, in the sports of um, MMA and even beyond mixed martial arts, combat sports, which will include boxing and um, jiu-jitsu, judo, uh, wrestling 
It will be impossible to find a single athlete that has not taken steroids, even at least once. If not steroids, then they can, you know, you can use the term PEDs, performance enhancing uh, drugs, you know, the illegal substances. Um, and, you know, it's because, it's, it's because of the controversy that surrounded uh, that has surrounded John Jones and uh, the use of illegal um, substances, you know, or PEDs in uh, the sports of mixed martial arts. But I mean, um, but I mean, let me just get my trailer done properly. From what I can see, he has brought, you know, he has um, got has a long winning streak. He, I wrote this down somewhere. I think he has approximately, what, 26, um, 26 wins and just one single loss. Yeah. So he has to write this down. So, two-time UFC and light, light heavyweight champion. He's number one in the UFC's uh, men's pound-for-pound rankings. 26 wins and just one single loss. The only loss he had was when he fought Matt Hamill back in 2009. And that loss, I think, really was... Um, it was disputed by uh, Matt um, Hamill and Dana White. So, even up until now, um, there's no proper agreed result about, basically, the outcome of that fight. But it's honest that I can now see um why um John Jones would ask for um such an amount such a large amount um such a high salary such which I'm sure to many people will um will come across as such an extravagant figure but if um like many of the other people that I do know who are really well vested in mixed martial arts, if you speak to them like I have then probably you will understand it's where they're coming from, where John Jones is coming from when he's asking for that amount of money for that amount of salary basically. Um, in any way you go to in any um, industry you go to in any company you know if you do your job well and you know you do your job well if your employer if your boss knows that you do your job well um, you know then I'm sure you know that what's the best way of putting this um, if you do your job well I think there's certain privileges you can enjoy I mean you can even say to your boss you know what if you don't do the certain thing that I think is going to help, not just me, but also help my other um, colleagues and the other employees here, if you don't do this certain thing and you know that you're so good at this job that if you didn't turn up just for one day, that the company, would, that the company, that your employer would suffer horribly. Um, you could you have the privilege, you have, you could sort of like earn the privilege to turn around to your employer, to your company and say, say basically if you don't give me this or do or do do this for me then I'm not coming in and you say that basically kind of like knowing from a position of strength a position of strength that you gradually built up and earned because you know the company basically could almost collapse and fold without you being there and I think that's the position that John Jones is coming from know your worth as a fighter if you know you bring in this amount of money to the company if you bring, know you bring in this amount of pay-per-views in terms of mixed martial arts in the UFC if you know you bring in that sort of benefit to the, this huge financial monetary benefit to the company, then um, you know you you do know that there's certain there's certain amounts of power that you have, which is why I can understand why he's asking for fifty million dollars um, for this fight. And I said in one of my past podcasts that in this sport, from what I've seen, from what I've learned, from just even the short time I've been following the sport much more closely this time, in MMA. In mixed martial arts in particular, from what I can see, nobody cares about you. So you really have to be selfish and you really have to learn how to toot your own horn. You, know, you really have to know how to speak up for yourself and cover your own back and really look out for number one, 
because unfortunately, you know, um, it's just the nature of the game. If they see that you're not bringing the pay-per-views, if they see that you're not entertaining to watch, um, to watch fight, even if you're winning, I'm assuming I can go as far as, as to say, even if you're winning and they see that the pay-per-view numbers just aren't there, then they can just randomly at will just cut you from the team, cut you from the company and, you know, you're going your way. Regardless of how much time you have put into preparing for a particular fight or um, preparing for, for a particular fight and even after you fought so many matches for the fought so many fights for for the company that you still have the health benefit the health not benefits but the health um, risks and the issues of the your health examples such as cte which you have to deal with many years down the line and as you get older those situations those conditions those health um those those flaws got those risks those health risks only get worse they only get pro- progressively worse um so yeah where this guy's coming from i completely understand although it's now being said by and this you know mma there's so much going on going on in the, in the sport and in the community there's always some crazy shit that's going on all, all the time now things are changing rapidly every single day every single hour um, now they're saying <coughs> Now Dana White is saying that he wants to arrange the um, the fight with um, Chris, um, not Chris, um, Francis and Garni, and um, is it um, Derek Lewis? Yeah, that's um, they want to arrange a fight now with um, Francis Garni and Derek Lewis. Although Francis and Garni has turned around and said he's not, he doesn't want to um, participate in that fight. Excuse me. Excuse me. He doesn't want to. Um, he doesn't want that fight, and he feels that now, now that he's just had his win against Stipe, um, he feels that it really is an inappropriate time to um, to fight Derek Lewis. So that's the fight he's turning down. Now you may say, "What? Well, why did he turn down a fight with Derek Lewis? But he wants to fight with fight with John Jones." Well, a fight with John Jones, um, if you think about it, for someone like um, Francis Ngannou. Um, that would be um, a big money fight because of the um, sorts of pay-per-views that um, John Jones, on his own side, the sorts of pay-per-view numbers he would bring into uh, the, the sport. And so, of course, that would be, for Francis Ngani, that would be a very wise, intelligent business decision because if he wins, he, of course, gets paid more money, you know, because you're fighting, the, you're fighting a big name in the sport of mixed martial arts. And you yourself now, after when you had against Stipe, you're also kind of on your way up there. You're kind of getting up there, just but not like on the same level as John Jones exactly um, entirely. So uh, yeah, I just want to put um, my opinion my opinion on that on the matter that um, I can understand that he why he's asking for fifty million dollars, but I haven't really answered the question as to should he be paid. Do I agree that he should be paid fifty million dollars? Now the last time I spoke about this on my past episodes. Um, I said I was sitting on the fence, and I t- touched on the um, on the issue of the PEDs, the steroids that he's been involved. That he's okay. Let's say allegedly been involved in, and the cases whereby he um that went to court, he was cleared of them, and he was proven innocent. So they say anyway. Um, but I've kind of really read a lot more into this, and um, I've just studied the matter a little bit more, and um. I've also looked into the case of where fighters have not been paid their worth, especially in organisations where it makes martial arts is concerned. In organisations such, not such as, but in an organisation particularly like the UFC, and the UFC is notorious for this, um, 
which is why they say we've got other com- organizations such as Bellator, One Championship, PFL, you're paid a lot more, but unfortunately, you're not going to be so famous. Worse in the UFC, you'll be very famous, but... Sorry guys, just had to uh, edit something out of my phone. The memory just filled up for um, randomly without warning. So basically what I was saying is, the John Jones situation uh, before, I would have said what was basically on the fence about the whole matter, but now it does make some more sense to me as to why he would ask for such, what would seem to be, in the eyes of many other people, an extravagant figure um, for a salary of $50 million. Um, you know, again, in the sport, Really, you really have to look um, look after uh, look after yourself and look out for number one. That's really the point I just want to make there. Uh, the so yeah, um, I would agree if you overlook the steroids thing and and just the other controversies, which really have nothing to do with the sport because those things the accident we had in two thousand fifteen, whereby the pregnant lady broke her arm when they had a car crash. Unfortunately, as unethical as this may sound to other many other people, and I can understand where they're coming from. I feel the same way as well. This does has doesn't have any bearing on what you do for a living. Um, so yeah, um, I can understand him getting fifty million dollars. So now I remember what my remember what I was saying before the issue happened, happened with my camera. Um, but the thing is, should he or will he get paid fifty million dollars? Um, I don't thinks um, the UFC can pay him $50 million I mean god they can afford it there will be a big fight between him and Francis and Garni there will be um, but the thing is do they want to pay him $50 million you know um, it, because I don't think there's any yeah they should pay him $50 million yeah I mean, if you know you're that good and if you know that, that this is what you bring to the table the source of you know pay-per-views this basically this is the source of positive contributions you can make to the business to the company that you're working for then yeah paying the 50 million but the thing is does the UFC want to pay him 50 million dollars for the fight and will Dana White pay him 50, 50 million dollars for the fight does Dana White want to I mean obviously Dana White is the face of the company Dana White it is his um, organization at the, at the end of the day so um, we just left down to him because he has the last word it's his business and he wants he basically runs the business as he sees fit so um yeah i can understand if they wouldn't want to pay him 50 million dollars but at the same time i understand why he's asking for that amount of money so yes i agree with him being paid 50 million even though i'm not sure if he'll actually get what he wants um so moving on um i want to touch on the tyron woodley um situation so um he's going to be cut from the ufc uh this is what what a little birdie told me and understandably so he will be because his last four fights in the UFC he lost against the most latest one at UFC 260 against uh, Vincente Luque uh, before that Colby Covington uh, before that Gilbert Burns and before that Kamara Usman so um, you know um, even Dana White said at the last one of the, the most recent press conferences he's about 39 years old now and nice things about what 38 but not too far off from 39 and um, he's lost his last four fights, but on on saying that, on failing, you know, on on saying that that he's going to be leaving the UFC um, because they want him out since he's lost all his four fights. Um, 
where does he go to now? Um, what next? Is he going to go to Bellator? Is he going to go to one championship? I think, or, or PFL, or any other big organizations out there. But I don't think any is going to be as big as and as good as the UFC. The benefits that comes with working for and fighting for the UFC, if he can overlook the, <laughs> to certain aspects, the the money um aspects. I think maybe he's going to go to Bellator. Uh, that's probably the next best thing. He'll be paid more money. Um, he's already made a name for himself in the sport, so he's well known. So I'm sure Bellator may like may like Scott Coker may like to take him on, because um, he already is a big name. So he would would bring a lot of eyes to their to their event. And Bellator do uh, do have some really good fighters. That even some fighters that are fighters that are better than the fighters in the UFC, and some of their fighting events are best than the fighting events in the UFC. And I said this in one of my last episodes, my last shows, that. You know, it's really annoying when you when they've had an event. There's some really, really good events, really exciting fights, exciting matches that they've had, and the company doesn't get the the deserving, rightfully deserving recognition that for hosting such a a good event. They're trying to build up these um, names, these athletes as best they can, but um, you know, issues like this, um, whereby yeah, again, they don't get the recognition that they deserve, really doesn't help. Finally, getting a good paycheck, but you know. If your if your name isn't really out there, then you don't those the big opportunities that you're hoping to get don't come your way, or at least they don't come your way so easily. So um, yeah, I just want to hint t- touch on that because it's a it's a big I can see on the internet it's a big big topic that people are talking about quite a lot. So if you've got a better sort, that's fine. I think in his own unique situation, he's already made a name for himself because he's been in the UFC as a mixed martial artist. Um, and he's done fairly well, but his the last fights he had in his contracts, he um, didn't perform so well. He lost all four of them, um, and because of his age, um, they want to. I'm assuming that's also an ad, an added um, factor to the reason as to why they want to um, let him go. But I mean, if he does go to Bellator, I'm sure he's going to do um, equally well there. He paid, you know, one of the big benefits is that he paid even more money as well, and also there'll be far more flexibility. Uh, between himself and Bellator and any of the sponsors that wish to sponsor him and why he's um, fighting there for Bellator but let's wait and see what happens so guys um, I think I'm gonna is there anything else I'm forgetting yeah the oh yes Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz now this one when I saw it in my Instagram um, my Instagram story feed and I think it was both story and Instagram stories and my Instagram feed I was quite Stunned and amazed, I was taken aback. Okay, it's not; it wasn't impossible, but sorry about that, guys. My phone just keeps playing up; with it. the memory just keeps packing up so quickly. But anyway, the Leon Edwards fight between Nate Diaz. I think Leon Edwards will have the advantage. Um, I wrote this down somewhere. Um, Nate Diaz, just looking at his last fights. Now, Diaz, he's got a good stand-up. He can find defend himself really well on the ground. Um, it was, does look like he's putting pressure on his opponent or he's moving and creeping forward um, before he launches his attack. Leon Edwards has equally good stand-up. His striking, his, both his striking, his kicking, look, you know, does appear really ferocious and dangerous. And But he does look like he can handle um, shots slightly better than um, Nate Diaz. Now, the reason why I say Nate Diaz probably can't handle damage as much as... Uh, as much as um, someone like um, Leon Edwards because uh, and someone corrects fuck 
Okay, guys. So another um interruption. Intros- sorry about that, guys. So another fight coming up is the Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards fight. So I'm just give my brief opinion on this. Um, I think probably Leon Edwards has the upper hand on the um on this fight. In this fight, has uh, good stand up. His striking is quite dangerous. So his kicks, and he seems to be able to handle sh- um, taking shots quite well. Whereas Nate Diaz, on the other hand, does have good stand-up and uh, he seems to, to be able to defend himself well on the ground and he does put pressure on his opponents. He's that sort of fighter. But I think probably Leon Edwards has a slight upper hand in this fight. Um, one thing I noticed about Nate Diaz is that he easily gets injured in terms of like, cuts to his face, which, which okay, may not have so much of an impact. No, I, I don't think that's right. It does have an impact, actually, because it kind of slows the fighter down blood gets in your eyes your face is a mess and you know it does impact your fighting ability quite a bit as i've learned nate diaz has um scarring on his skin which um, makes his skin quite successful to being cut and you know basically bleeding and big being like a you know a fucking mess in the octagon there so i mean overall probably leon edwards does have, have the upper hand it could be close but i think it was a, if i was a betting person leon edwards would have the upper hand in this fight but I'm sure as time goes on, my opinion could change. So, guys, I think I will leave it there. That's everything I've covered um, that I want to cover anyway for this episode. Um, you can catch my podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and now on Apple. I've finally done that. It's now on Apple Podcasts. And if you didn't enjoy this video, this podcast, don't forget to leave a like and don't forget to subscribe, guys. And um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. My name is IcoJarko1 on Facebook and Twitter. My name is IcoJarko. And yeah, sorry about the. I should have released this podcast probably over the week, over the weekend. Um, or rather, probably a few earlier than now, anyway. Just a few things did happen um, for the in the past few days. So um, things didn't go according to schedule as, schedule as I would have liked um, the whole thing to normally go by. So, um, yes, guys, uh, do take care and thanks.